0: Audiobook, audiobook release, podcast, authors, narrators, Narrators. interviews, industry news, reviews, sponsored by eaudioproductions.com. Welcome to the Audiobook Release Podcast, a show for audiobook lovers. Stay tuned as we share the latest news from the audiobook industry. We interview established and upcoming authors. We talk with popular narrators and review a wide range of audiobooks. to you by eAudioProductions.com, audiobook productions, podcast editing, music for media, voiceovers, song productions, and more.
1: Everything comes so easy for some guys. What's their secret? And what would your life look like if everything wasn't such a struggle? What if you didn't have to make sacrifices in one area to make strides in another? What would it be like if every part of your life worked in harmony? That's the only true way to be successful. The Complete Man by Pradeep Sangha. In The Complete Man, you'll discover the tools to achieve ultimate performance, fulfillment, and victory, not just in one area of your life, but every area. You'll learn how to live more completely, as the complete man. The complete man by Pradeep Senga. Available in hardcover, paperback, Kindle, and
2: audiobook. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Audiobook Release Podcast. I'm Matt Rafferty.
3: And I'm Leah. Our guest today is Pradeep Senga, author of The Complete Man: Achieve Ultimate Performance. Fulfillment and victory in every area of your life.
2: So before we get into our interview with Purdeep, here's a short sample of the audiobook version of The Complete Man.
1: The Achievement Framework Right now, you may have an important goal in mind, but your progress towards it is slower than you expected. Or you may not be making any progress at all. Or you might even be going backwards. You're watching other men around you experience success, and you're wondering what you're doing wrong. The Achievement Framework offers a system for reaching your goals quickly and with less stress. The Achievement Framework equals premium goals plus identity plus systems. Freedom is the ability to do what you want, when you want, and to live the life you want. Purdeep Sangha What men really want. Ask a man what he really wants and he will tell you what he thinks is appropriate or what he's been conditioned to believe. But deep down, men have two burning desires. The first is to feel complete inside. The second is to experience victory and have it all in life. Not aspiring to have it all isn't being humble, it's being foolish. You were meant to have it all. That's why you were put on this earth. But let's be clear about what victory means to a complete man. It doesn't mean scoring more points than the other guy, or reaching the finish line first. Victory means getting past the internal barriers, most of which are self-created, that restrict your freedom to become the man you have the potential to be. That's the victory you really want and deserve. Men crave the freedom to be the complete man. No man wakes up in the morning thinking, I feel like being miserable today. I'm going to be someone else's bitch. But many men go through their entire lives living that way, following a path someone else has designed. Screw that. Be the man you'll be proud of being. If you want to be a full-time dad, be a full-time dad. If you want to be the governor of the state, be the governor of the state. But don't be what others are telling you to be. I don't recommend that you walk into work and quit tomorrow. But I do recommend that you sit down and determine whether you're living life the way you want to live it. Well, welcome, Pradeep. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Hey, thanks, Matt and Leah, for having me. So. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Like, where did you grow up, and where do you live now, and what some of your interests are?
1: Of course. So, I grew up in a small town in Canada. It's called Kelowna, British Columbia, and it was—it's pretty much like the Napa Valley, you can say, uh, for Canadians. It's uh, an orch- orchard town. I grew up on an orchard, actually. Um, so you can you can say I'm kind of like a, an orchard boy, a farm boy at heart. And uh, I've been picking apples and cherries and running orchards all my life, You can uh, ever since I was a kid.
3: Wow, that sounds like a great way to grow up.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing way to grow up, I would say. I, I feel very blessed to have been raised in that town and the way I did because it was just a very mindful environment. We had a lot of family around as well. So on the orchard, it was a family business. My parents were always around. My aunts and uncles were always around and cousins. Oh, oh there's nothing better than those cherries during the summer.
2: <laughs> they taste so good.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we, and we grow some pretty darn good cherries. They're actually world renowned cherries. So they're actually, um, it's, it's really good. It's funny though, when you grow up in that situation, you don't really understand what you have until you're not there anymore. And so I'm actually on more of the east side of Canada. I'm just outside of Toronto right now. And I've been away from Kelowna for about 10 years now. But I go back frequently because we still have the orchard. Out here, everybody talks about how amazing the fruit is from that valley. It's called the Okanagan Valley. So it's a a wonderful place to live, grow up, raise kids. So I'm kind of on the other end where it's, you can say, a busier lifestyle right now. And so I have two young kids. My wife and I have been married for almost 10 years and you can say uh, my life is really dedicated to being a family man, being a husband, but also an entrepreneur as well.
3: That's wonderful. Do your children like to go back to see the orchards?
1: Oh, they absolutely love it. They love it because they get to go and run around and be free and they hop on the ATV with me and we just go ripping around the orchard.
3: I would think the nice thing about um, being part of that is also that you're connected to the earth.
1: Yes, because it is very mindful. That's a big part of the work that I do with men. Because a lot of guys are stressed out and helping them ground themselves. And the environment of being out in nature is phenomenal. One of the most favorite parts of my day was actually just literally walking through the orchard and watching the trees grow, the flowers bloom and the fruit buds come out. Uh, It was pretty amazing and very grounding.
2: Wow, it sounds absolutely beautiful. And then what about influences with writing? So that was kind of like your influence growing up as a man. How about with writing?
1: You know what? It's really interesting now that I look back. Being a kid, I actually used to enjoy writing short stories in high school, but then I was more into the science path and and really got into the academic side. So I kind of through school, I would say, and I see this quite a bit: is uh, kids kind of lose their passion because they're pushed into a certain direction? So writing essays at that time wasn't the funnest thing. So I kind of uh, stepped away from writing for a while, and then about five. Four years ago, I decided to write my first book, and I absolutely loved it, and I just wanted to get the thoughts down on paper, and then I co-authored a second, and then this is my third uh, book, and I, I love the process. I'll probably write another one next year, so um, I can see myself writing a number of books over my my lifetime.
3: Great. Well, what made you decide to write a first book?
1: It was really trying to get that information out to people. So I came out of the corporate world at that time and started my consulting and coaching firm. And I had all of these ideas in my head and information that the average everyday entrepreneur or business owner really didn't have. Because in the corporate world, we had access to a lot of funds for information, for research, for knowledge, for training. And the average entrepreneur or business owner doesn't really have that, you can say, business acumen. And so I thought there were some very basic principles that business owners and entrepreneurs could apply to their business to actually have a more successful business. It wasn't for any other purpose other than just getting the thoughts out on paper. And I I thought it was actually kind of cool, too, to write a book.
3: Well, what's interesting is that you're actually um, using your writing to help others.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the main purpose. I think that's the big thing because I do courses, I do workshop, I do all that kind of stuff. But there's something about a book. There's something about being able to deliver a lot of knowledge, decades worth of knowledge in a book that's uh, under $20 that anybody can afford.
3: Well, that's wonderful. And also, with a book, people can take their time, and maybe some people might be interested in one aspect of the book where others will be interested in another. And, you know, you can mark it up. And so, a book is a, a wonderful learning tool.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. So, it's really interesting. Writing a book has its pros and it's also has its cons because every once in a while, you'll have someone that picks up the book and either doesn't like it or doesn't agree with your opinion. And then they throw up a review and you're like, darn, I just, you know, that bugs me. It just gets under your skin. But then you realize that not everybody is going to enjoy your book. Right. It can't be a hundred percent. Exactly.
2: <laughs> so when I think of entrepreneurs, I think of maybe Pat Flynn or Gary Vaynerchuk. Did they have any influence on your writing?
1: Yeah, I would say Gary V was kind of like my uh, influence for things not to do. Uh, because <laughs> I, not that Gary V, I, I don't have anything against him. I think he's got some very sound principles in terms of what he teaches for people to break out of their patterns. But I, I, I also see a lot of talk there. And I know Gary went through some challenges himself in terms of overworking himself. And I see that uh, that was one of the, you can say the catalyst for me writing a book, because I see a lot of, I work specifically with men and no offense to women, but it's just because I have a, a niche, along, you can say experience. Uh, of working specifically with men in business and other areas of their life that I chose to go down this path and there's there's a huge need and not very many you can say credible resources for men. So one of the things that I see very often in men is they will overwork themselves and they will go to the point of burnout without seeking help, without admitting to themselves that they need help, without actually giving themselves some credit and actually uh, you can say even enjoying their lives and being fulfilled and a big part of that was my father was a big, a big—you uh, can say—influence on this book. My dad was a business owner, an entrepreneur. He was an amazing dad. He also had his challenges. He suffered from alcoholism. So I saw the great side in him. And I saw the not so great side. But he had this this milestone because he immigrated from India in the early seventies with eleven dollars. Wow. Yeah. So he came to a country with next to no education from a Western perspective. He literally could not speak the language. And pretty much all he knew how to do with my mom as well is just to work hard. And so that's what they did. They got a job on an orchard and they started working really, really hard and then eventually bought their own orchard and and made a successful life for themselves. But my dad, his milestone was to hit 65 and then tell, that was going to be his milestone to say he did it right? That's, okay. that's the typical pension age at, in Canada. It's mm-hmm. 65, retirement, right? And he was going to finally pat himself on the back. We had all these plans that we would travel as a family, my parents, my brother and his family and, and our, my family. But uh, what ended up happening was my dad died from a sudden heart attack at 64 and a half. Oh, oh my gosh. Sad. Yeah. How sad. Working yeah. on the orchard um, oh. by himself. It was a Sunday. My mom had actually gone to the Sikh temple and my dad was working and normally he goes with her, but this time he didn't. I, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And so he he passed, which was a big lesson and a big catalyst for me to continue to do the work that I do because it was like a message for me uh, from my dad saying, go out there because there's a lot of guys that can use your help. So when you asked a question, Matt, about Gary V, mm-hmm. uh, I like his message from the perspective of go out and do what you want to do and live your dreams. But the whole hustle and grind thing, I think is kind of um, causing a lot of harm. And so I'm for being successful. That's what it's all about. But there's there's a way of doing it while you can be fulfilled at the same time and not have to sacrifice and suffer all the time.
3: Well, two things. First off, congratulations to your mother and father for being immigrants. I mean, I just think of how much, how scary that must have been, but they did it. You know, that's that's wonderful. Not everyone can do that. And then second off, I, I heard because of the pandemic that they're wondering if the thought process will be turning in people's head instead of saying, oh, I work, you know, 80 hours a week and I, you know, blah, 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 that people will take a step back and say, wait, you know what? I take advantage of my vacation days and I'm going to make sure that I'm emotionally healthy.
1: I see that happening already. Uh, and oh, do and, you? Yeah, I've, I've seen that. I've seen actually two sides. Because I've spoken with a lot of men, and so I hear that they've been able to slow down a little bit good, and taking some more time with their family. They're spending more quality time because they've been forced to,
3: mm-hmm. because
1: either the business has been shut down or their uh, you know, their career has been slowed down in some way, shape, or form. The people are just slowing down in general. And I think that's a good thing for society.
3: Yes, I agree with you.
1: I imagine working
2: from home too, right? If, yeah. if dad's at home working, then you're spending more time with kids.
1: Yeah, exactly, and I and I've designed my life around around my family so I could spend more time with my kids. So every once, my my son is off of school right now because they just had a couple of kids in their class that had COVID, so they've been off for a week uh, doing homeschooling. But so I, I take my breaks with my son. We go uh-huh. outside, and we throw the football around, and it's nice for him and it's nice for me to get away from work and just being able to have the family dinners, which is a really big thing. Because family dinners have, you can say, uh, been eroded over the last decade or two decades mm-hmm. because people are either working late, whether it's the dad or the mom these days uh, come home late after dinner. So family dinners have been eroded, but now it's actually coming back where people are spending more time at the dinner table, which is really important. So there's there's the pros, which is really good from COVID. And then there's also the cons. And, and, the, and the cons is we're also seeing a higher level of depression and anxiety in a, in a lot of people because they've either, again, they've lost their job and they don't have that financial security anymore. So they have the flip side and I feel for them as well because they need a lot of support right now. Well, Pradeep, tell us about your first book that you wrote. Yeah, the first book that I wrote is called Superfans, How to Create Unwavering Customer Loyalty. It's a smaller book and it was my first book recommended by my publisher who said, you know, I keep it small, keep it within 160 pages, keep it an easy read because this is your first book that you're writing and And it was a fun book for me. i I put down my thoughts in terms of how businesses can really keep customers create loyal superfans. They're the ones that rave about you. They're the ones that refer business to you. They're not as price sensitive. And they're the ones that remain loyal and they give you ideas in terms of how to make your business better, how to create new products and services. so I, I felt like a lot of businesses were falling short on that and really do when it comes to the customer experience. I think a lot of businesses overall just kind of, how do I pull it? They just do the bare minimum. And if you actually take it a little bit further, you can actually create a business that's actually very, very financially sound and continues to grow where other people may be struggling. So this book was putting all those thoughts and on paper and really presenting it to the general public to be able to use and, and put that into practical steps into the business.
3: Okay, so you said that you wrote that book, then you co-authored a book after this, after Superfans?
1: Yeah, there's another one, and it wasn't a public book, really. It was just kind of like um, something fun to do with a number of different other authors, like Dr. John Gray, for example, and, and Marcy Shymoff. And the chapter in that book was really around the area of expertise that I talk about for Superfans. So the book was called The Authorities. It's a series type of a book and didn't really do much with that, actually. That was kind of kind of a fun project to do, and then I jumped over to this book because of COVID, because it was it was last year, twenty twenty, and a lot of things were being shut down. Our business was actually growing significantly because businesses needed help, and we were there to help from the consulting standpoint. But I personally said, I'm going to take this year and write this book. So that was that was a perfect opportunity for me. Great, That's great. So the book is called The Complete Man: Achieve
2: Ultimate Performance, Fulfillment, and Victory in every area of your life. How do you describe what we would learn reading the book?
1: Yeah. So the, the whole premise of the book is really around being complete. And so what I see a lot of men do is they live incomplete lives. So they are, you can say, living one dimensionally. Most often they're living in their career or their business. That's where they spend most of their time and energy. And then they miss out on other aspects of their life, like their relationship with their partner their spouse and the relationship with their kids and most importantly the relationship with themselves and they put themselves you can say last on the line in a lot of cases so the whole premise is talking about all aspects of a man's life from business to personal health to vitality to thoughts to emotions to you know spirituality marriage fatherhood all of these different things that a lot of guys talk about because again, I've, I've, I've worked with many men. So these are all a lot of the thoughts that most guys have, but they don't openly talk about or feel like they can actually share. So a lot of this book is putting things in perspective. There's also the topic of masculinity, which is really confusing right now for men, because men don't really know, are they being too masculine? and Are they not being masculine enough? What does it mean to be masculine? So resetting that for society is important as well, because It's important for the next generation to have a strong group of men that can lead, be good mentors, and can be good leaders, but also are also kind and compassionate and have empathy for the general public and their family members and everybody else around there. It's a book to help men bring all of their aspects of life together so that they truly live a more fulfilling life. Because a lot of guys, here's what guys want. There's three aspects. They want to perform at their best so they can achieve their goals and dreams. But a lot of guys miss out on the last part, which is the fulfillment aspect. So it's bringing those three things together because they all work hand in hand for men to live a more complete life. But more importantly, feel more complete from within. So regardless of what people have in their external world, whether it's a big house, a fancy cars, whatever it is, they need to feel complete and fulfilled from within. And that's the most important thing.
2: Right. You never seem to hear about being fulfilled when growing up as a boy and turning into a man, no one ever seems to talk about being fulfilled.
1: At least, <laughs> at least that's my my observation. No, exactly. And we and we don't, and and this isn't taught in school. And so these are some very, you can say, important principles that we really need to take seriously because I think a lot of people, and it's, it's just getting worse now with society, is that it's becoming more go, go, go. It's getting more based on convenience. And we have all this technology. I, I almost call it uh, the perfect storm. Where we have technology, we have these family units that are starting to erode. We see divorce rates at an all-time high. We see in the US over 50% of children being raised without full-time fathers. And then people being addicted to their cell phones and all this kind of stuff that is really pulling society and family units apart. And I I truly believe that having strong men uh, can help, you can say, combat that. Because when you have a strong man in the family, it really brings... You can say the sense of security and peace to the family. And I felt that myself, having a very strong father figure, it was great because my brother and I felt like no one could you know it was like our family, there's no one that could hurt us. Great. And, and we were there and we respected our father. And so there was there is this you can say a huge, huge influence on the work that I've done or do. Based on having being raised by a strong man and also a strong grandfather as well, because my fo- grandfather was in the Indian British Army for over three decades. Wow! Yeah, at long service, and he would go. He would go basically. He'd be away from his family ten months out of the year. He would come back two months oh, out of the year. Wow! Wow! So it was a huge sacrifice, and he taught me. My grandfather was a very religious and spiritual person, so he taught me the world of war but also the side of spirituality and compassion and living with values and principles, because his father, so my great-grandfather, was a spiritual teacher in India for five decades. Yeah, I grew up with all these dynamics of the Eastern world and the Western world and, and having strong men, but very compassionate and emotional men in my life as well, which I think has led me to this complete view of how men can live a more fulfilling life, because I think uh, Sometimes we get this skewed approach, as Matt talked about. Us as guys, we don't talk about these kinds of things, especially when it comes to emotion or fulfillment. And that, and that's important to have a, a conversation around.
3: It seems to me like your ancestors are um, part of this journey with you.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. My ancestors are, I can say, a big part of this book. And my path is built around, uh, you can say, the spiritual teachings that I've learned from my grandfather, because I truly believe that we all have a path. And I I don't think I chose this path in all honesty. Mm -hmm. I think this kind of fell into my lap because as I was also growing up with strong father figure and and a grandfather, my dad also showed me the struggles that men have because he suffered from alcoholism. And there were times where I just was just like, he was just like a different man when he drank, just totally different. And I was the only person in the household at that time. And I was under 10 years old where I started to learn his behavior. And I was the one that would actually talk him through things.
3: Wow. At 10. At
1: 10 years old. Yeah. So I I really learned, you can say, uh, human psychology, especially when it comes to men at that time. So now I can speak to men on all levels, whether it comes to addictions, whether it comes to their relationships, whether it comes to sex being fulfilled in the relationship or not feeling guilty about not being a good father or or not making enough money whatever it is i can have those conversations openly or more importantly men can have those conversations openly with me because i've experienced it i've seen other men experience it we've worked uh, we've helped men work through those challenges so it's it's a really interesting journey
3: yeah it sounds like it what did you find the most challenging in writing this particular book
1: Ah, uh-huh, Keeping it to the size that it is right now, <laughs> I I would say that is it I, that because I was very much about, okay, putting as much information as it could. And it was also the balance between information versus actionable steps. And I think that's the difference too, because there's a lot of information out there, but I wanted to make sure that people could actually take action. So that's why in this book, I put uh, there's summary action items after each chapter. Which I think is one of the, the biggest feedbacks, positive feedback that I've gotten from people, both men and women who are reading the book, that they can actually apply those things. Uh, so keeping it to a certain length and making it impactful, I think, is what was the biggest challenge. But also, it was an interesting time in 2020 because I think over the last few years, a society in, in the Western world has gone through an interesting time. And the world in general, because it's been so polar. And there's been so much, you can say, finger pointing between people. So, I I saw a lot of that. And I had to restrain myself in terms of writing this book because I saw a lot of poor leadership in male figures across the world in terms of how they handled certain things. Sure. And I wanted to make this book more positive rather than, you can say, pointing out all the challenges. So, keeping that kind of stuff out of the book was a little bit challenging, but it was recommended by my my editor at that time, because he said, you know what, we want to make this book timeless. So, we don't need to really point out all those things in history right now, because a lot of that people may just forget. Right. So, it was really interesting writing this book. I learned a lot. My editor um, was the former editor for Deepak Chopra. And so, uh, he was just an amazing person to work with. And and I learned a lot from him personally. Great. And then how did you decide on the title of the book? Well, That was through a branding exercise because I first started with the invincible man. That's, that was the first part. And when we went through a rebranding exercise, so our our business went through a rebranding exercise and it really came down to the core part of uh, my teaching, which is being about completeness uh, and about being complete rather than having and, and getting, you can say the fancy accolades and making money and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I just felt like a lot of guys are feeling incomplete in life and about themselves and missing something. So, that's where the, the concept of The Complete Man really stemmed from. Excellent. So, The Complete Man
2: is available on audiobook, which is produced by eaudioproductions.com. So, let's talk a little bit about The Audiobook of The sure. Complete Man. So, you narrated The Audiobook and it was it was yeah. edited and mixed and mastered by eAudioproductions?
1: Yeah, it was. It was really interesting because my first book – the super fans was, it's on audio as well, but I had hired a voice uh, person, actor, you can say, to go through and actually narrate it for me. And it was really interesting because I'm a Canadian and he's from Texas. (laughs) So it was like a a, a a totally different, you could say, vibe because people would listen to the book and then they would listen to me. They'd be like, well, there's a total disconnect (laughs) there. And that was a good lesson for me. And especially since This book is really about, uh, there's a big part of my personal journey in there. There's a lot of intimate information about myself, my family, uh, my parents, my dad. So I wanted people to hear it from me personally. So I took that daunting task, even though a lot of people said, you know what, Pradeep, that's a lot of work. It's painstaking as well. But I, I was determined to do it. And I looked around because I, at that time, because of COVID too, audio studios were closed. Because we're, the, the regulations here in Canada were a lot more strict than the US. So we've been really tight. So I said, okay, how am I going to do this? So I, I talked to a number of people. I interviewed a number of companies. And um, I landed with eAudio and Elias. And he was amazing to work with, a very nice gentleman. And it made me feel totally comfortable because I was nervous and he gave me the pointers and we did it all through virtual. And I said, Hey, look, I I want someone to coach me through as well. Meaning that I want someone to be there listening. So if I do screw up and mess up, which I do all the time when I'm recording something, I want someone to be able to point it out to me. And so it was great because he, I literally, it was funny because my office is, I have windows on, on three walls of my office here at home. And it's a very, from a noise perspective, it's very interesting. I, I, that's the simplest way I can put it. And so when we were doing a test recording, when Elias came back and he said, you know what, you got you got a window about nine and a half, ten feet behind you. Um, and here I was like, wow, that's pretty precise. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
1: Like, you must be like, how did you figure that out just from an audio sample? And it was pretty phenomenal just to see the technical knowledge that he had. And so, basically, what ended up happening was I sent my kids off to my in-laws for four days. It was, a, I believe it was a long weekend. We made it a long weekend. And I had taken every pillow and every blanket yeah. in the house and barricaded my office. It was the funniest thing, but it was kind of cool because it felt like I was a little boy again making my <laughs> fork. And uh, it was really interesting because for four days, we just literally just recorded re-recorded and we came out with an audio book that um, I'm happy with. And I was really, really, I I could say, um, thankful for the guidance that I got from eAudio and Elias there. That's excellent.
3: That's fantastic. It sounds like a great process.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. I would highly recommend it because it, it's, there's just so much more comfort in having someone there to take you through the process if you haven't done it. And even if you have, like even for my next book, I'll definitely be going through a similar process where Elias and his team will be on the other end, just listening in and, and, and doing what they need to do. It was, it was phenomenal because I think at that time too, Elias was testing out this, this process of mm-hmm. tuning in live. So remotely as well, he had control over my computer. And oh, so I, okay. I just basically said, I just want to be able to talk. And he took care of the rest, which was, which was pretty awesome.
3: Well, I think it's interesting also because you do have a very nice voice. It's calming and it sounds professional. So I bet the listeners of your book will really appreciate your voice.
1: I uh, thank you. I appreciate that.
3: Yeah. I think, I mean, the voice makes all the difference in the world when you're reading when you're listening to an audio book, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a, a Texan accent. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't sound like you're from Texas. No. <laughs> so
2: I, I think the, the cool part about the process that you just described was that they were listening to you, so you probably saved a ton of time by not having to go back and redo things days later when the kids came back. But since they're listening to you, they're they're coaching you as you're going along. That sounds really cool.
1: Yeah, it was it was a really great experience overall. It's not easy because your throat does get dry, for sure. I was sitting here, I don't know how much water I drank. And just sometimes it's really funny when you read a sentence out loud and there's some interesting words that come together and it's hard as heck to pronounce sometimes. And and I just found that out. I was like, wow, I didn't realize. And so, I had to slow my speech down at certain times pronounce things slightly differently because it's less slang uh, than it nor- than I would normally speak with. so it was a very interesting experience. Not that we didn't have to re-record a couple of things after. the one th- one thing I noticed in writing a book and narrating an audiobook is that there's always something that is missed out. And I think that's just part of the process. It's really funny because every time we found something, it's like, okay, we corrected that. Okay, we got to find something else. <laughs> or, so something always pops up. It's it's hilarious. Right. So what's the best advice you've ever been given? Wow. The best advice that I've ever been given. Uh, this is really interesting. and I, I, I would go back to teachings from my grandfather. I think this is something that's really near and dear to my heart because my grandfather said, You know, He said, live with values and live with principles because people can take away your home. They can take away your money. They can even take away your credentials. They can take away people from your family and take the shirt off your back because he experienced it himself. But he said, the one thing they can't take away from you is your values. And so live by them, protect them and have very strong values. And I think that's really important. Um, And I think that's something that I really try to emphasize in the book as well.
3: Wow, yeah. That's very good. <laughs> I'm we're <Yeah>. listening. I'm <laughs> sorry, but it was just like I could just hearing a grandfather say that to the grandson is just pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I hope I have the chance to have those same conversations with my grandkids. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yes.
1: Well, thank you Perdeep for
2: joining us today. It's been great getting to know you, listening to your stories and hearing all about your book and
1: your audio book. So, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you, Matt and Leah. I very much appreciate having the opportunity to to share this story, so I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Audiobook Release Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you'll never miss an episode. We value your opinion, so feel free to post a rating or review. For feedback, inquiries, and more about our audiobook production and publishing services, visit www.audiobookrelease.com. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Audiobook Release Podcast. Brought to you by eAudioProductions.com. Audiobook Productions, Podcast Editing, Music for Media, Voiceovers, Song Productions and more.